Yes, indeed. Open Forum Q&A. Hope that you are doing well. We will uh, talk a little bit about this NBA game tonight. Could be the final basketball game of the season. And then we get into the NBA draft and free agency. So we have all of that to talk about right here on the Open Forum Q&A. The routine, you fire away at a question via the chat line. I will answer it. Uh, Fred Van Vliet of the Toronto Raptors is going to test out the free agency market. He will decline his $22 million option, so he will be available for teams. Again, NBA tonight. Will the NBA season end in Denver? I would think so. Will the hockey season end tomorrow in Las Vegas as the Golden Knights try to win their first ever Stanley Cup in only six years? Second finals appearance, they are on top of Florida. Three games to one, Matthew Kachuk. Uh, we don't know whether or not he's going to play tomorrow for the Florida Panthers. All right, so we got questions. This first one, how has the defense been with Bam Adebayo against Joker? Well, not very good, obviously. I mean... He's had a couple triple doubles. Uh, he pretty much dominates the game. And if you want to take away his scoring, he passes. You want to take away his passing, he scores. I mean, uh, what are you going to say? The guy's been unbelievable. Jamal Murray has also been incredible uh, for Denver. And uh, I, I know Miami has been a team that you do not want to count out. I mean, the playoffs have proven that. But I, I just don't see it. Does, do you think Miami is going to win the game tonight? Uh, I really do not. And I love Michael Malone. He said, hey, you need to play this game as if, you know, you're trailing in the series, as you're desperate. So uh, I love everything about Michael Malone. It's kind of neat for me as I watch the respective sports with the uh, NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals that I, I know a lot of people with the Nuggets, namely Michael Malone, uh, David Adelman, uh, Ryan Bowen, um, all people that I'm pulling for. So it's, it's special for me because I, I know these individuals well, and I, I'm really hoping that they get the championship. And then tomorrow, I mean, one of my lifelong best friends, George McPhee, I'm going to do a podcast on George tomorrow uh, and, and share some very interesting stories, but I love work ethic. Uh, I love people that have just gone always the extra mile and outworked their competition. And I'm, I'm, I'm always enamored at certain work ethics. I've, I've seen it in great athletes and what makes them so good is, yeah, they, they have natural talent, but they work harder uh, than everybody else. And George McPhee certainly falls into that category. So that'll be on the podcast coming up tomorrow. But again, uh, you know, in terms of the game tonight with the Miami Heat, they're going to have to play a near-perfect game because I, I don't think Denver is going to have an off game. The, the emotion in that arena uh, tonight is going to be off the hook. Doesn't guarantee a win, but I just would be very surprised if the Nuggets uh, come out and are flat tonight or they have a dud or uh, anything else, you know, I, I just don't think so. All right. I just do not think so. All right. So we have a lot of questions to get to. Uh, why don't we start with Kyle 
I know it's only OTAs, but does it bother you that Barkley won't be present? Doesn't bother me at all. June makes no difference to me. Uh, Greg wants to know about Sasha, his age, non-factor. I mean, if you think he can make your team better, uh, then you go out and sign him. You know, then you go out and sign him. Cody wants to know, as of right now, do I have a favorite uh, to win the NFC South? No, I think it's absolutely wide open. I mean, it's wide open. Clearly, I don't think you can look at any team and say, oh, they're clearly better uh, than the rest of the competition. I do believe, you know, New Orleans is interesting with Derek Carr going there, but I'm just not a believer uh, in their coach. I'm really not. I'm I'm definitely not. Here's the question. Uh, is Daniel Jones definitely overpaid? It depends how you deem overpaid. Dak Prescott's overpaid. What's he done? So, I mean, we can go on and list a lot of quarterbacks. They're all overpaid if you really want to get right down to it. Maybe Patrick Mahomes, you wouldn't say, is overpaid. Is Aaron Rodgers overpaid? Many guys lost five championship games. Is he overpaid? I mean, how do you deem overpaid? What's overpay mean to you? Like, what do you define as overpaid? There are a lot of players in pro sports that are overpaid. We see them in every sport. I mean, how do you put, how do you, how do you define overpaid? What's overpaid? You know, but I don't know. All right, here's this question. Hey, Grant, I know Miami is probably an odd sports city, but how has the support been for the Heat this playoffs? There are a lot of distractions out there, just wondering. There, there aren't distractions when you get to the NBA playoffs. I mean, for the fans, yeah, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. So I know a lot of fans that have sold their tickets, made a lot of money in selling their tickets. So, I mean, Miami's not a really good sports town. It's just not. It's just there, there, there aren't a lot of local residents. You know, a lot of the people that live in South Florida are, are from different areas of the country and their allegiance is to the teams that they grew up with. So, I mean, it's a very odd market. You're right. You, you 100% when you say it's an odd sports city, it truly is. Don, Bula, good job right there. All right. All right, here we go right here with the Oakland A's. 20,000 tickets so far sold for tomorrow's game uh, to protect ownership. Who knows what's going on with the A's, right? Who knows? I mean, and who knows what's going to happen? Uh, this is a great question. Do I realistically think the Kings could land a player at the small forward position better than Harrison Barnes? That's a fabulous question. It's a great question. You know what I'm going to say? No, I don't. Unless you take Keegan Murray, make him your starting small forward, and go out get a different power forward, which is what Jerry Reynolds think they should do. So if you take Keegan Murray and you put him as your starting small forward, have a new starting power forward to go along with Sabonis, then maybe. You know? So we'll see. Well, you can't say this about Daniel Jones last year, and you can only go by what he did last year. That's the recent body of work. What he did before that, 
doesn't matter. I mean, last year he had a, a, a fantastic season. So if you're going to judge him based on what he did last year, what he did in the playoff win against Minnesota, there were no lackluster performances from him last year. You know, it really doesn't matter what you did in your rookie year or your second year or your third year. The reality is he got paid for what he did last year and what they think he's going to be able to do in the future. Again, I can compare him to a lot of other quarterbacks. I mean, what's Lamar Jackson done in the playoffs? Is he overpaid? Seriously, what's Lamar Jackson done in the playoffs? He's done absolutely nothing. Nothing. What's he done? Nothing. All right, let's get to uh, some more questions. My prediction for the Vikings this year. I think they and the Lions are going to contend for the division. I think contend for the division. All right. All right, let's get to uh, this. Yeah, well, I think that's your best. You want to improve the team? That's the best way to do it. You know, that's the best way to do it. All right. Um, well, I've always wanted the universal DH rule. The National League's the only league in baseball. Right? There's nowhere else in baseball, so I do like the universal DH rule. I like it a lot. Well, I'll tell you this. I wouldn't mind having Dalvin Cook. So I, I think whoever gets Dalvin Cook, whoever gets DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you're getting some you're getting some very good football players. No question about that. All right, fire away with your questions. Cody says the upside with Daniel Jones is his uh, rushing ability. You're right. Uh, he's outstanding. Uh, and when you do have Saquon Barkley back there, uh, it makes it a lot more effective, you know? All right, here's a nice question regarding baseball. Do I think baseball is a dying sport? I'm not sure what the attendance ratings, et cetera, are, but it seems like people aren't that interested in sport as much as anymore. I think the rule changes have really helped out the sport this year. Uh, is it a dying sport? No, it's not a dying sport, but I believe that going into this season, it was on life support, but not dying. Okay, does that make sense? So do I think that these rule changes this year have been beneficial for the sport? I do. Here's my biggest issue with the sport. The ball is not put in play enough. There are way too many strikeouts. And I think that the way the game is being taught at the younger levels is really hurting the game. That's what I think is wrong with baseball. Uh, yeah, I know Greg Vaughn very well. I've known him for, gosh, I don't know, 20 years. Great guy. Great guy. All right. Hit me up with your questions and have a I enjoy this format. Thank you very much for joining me. And I want to say thank you uh, to New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. If you have any plumbing needs, concerns, repairs, just go to sacserviceplumbing.com or call the number on your screen. Hey, if you have a, an emergency in the middle of the night, no problem. They'll be there with their 24-7 service. That's sacserviceplumbing.com or call that number on your screen. New Works Plumbing, they've got a fix for you. Don't forget, NBA basketball tonight. Will the season end tonight in the NBA? And I, I think that 
It will. I think that it will. Uh, Jim Cozumore is in Tennessee, and I do not have uh, any contact with him, but I do know he's in uh, Tennessee. Yeah, I'm not crazy about this rule either. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not crazy about that. That's one rule uh, that, that I really do not care for, you know, absolutely. My pleasure. That's what I'm here for, to answer your questions. Well, I'm going to be doing my show Wednesday, Open Forum Wednesday, over on Listen App. Uh, so that I can talk to whoever wants to talk to me. So I'm still doing listen app shows. I'm just not doing as many because the format here via what you're watching on YouTube and Periscope and then people that go back and watch it at their convenience and then the people that listen to it after I convert it from video to audio, I'm just getting... 20, 30 times more people than I am over on Listen App. So um, I, I'm. it just makes a lot more sense for me. It makes a lot more sense. All right. Again, uh, you know, as far as Zion, Zion Williamson goes, I don't know what the hell his deal is. You know, we're hearing all the reports off the court. Um, his trade value would be minimal because of what you just said. I mean, I'll ask you, Cody. I'm going to make you the general manager of an NBA team. You giving up a lot to go out and get Zion Williamson? Are you? I'm not. I mean, if I'm a general manager, Cody, why would I want a guy that can't play? Because he's hurt all the time, right? So, I mean, it's like Ben Simmons. Cody, would you go out and trade for Ben Simmons? Does the guy want to play? I mean, you tell me, is he capable of playing? Is his head into the game? Where is his head at? I stay away from players like that. And as far as a, a player that's injury prone, Zion Williamson and his body, and you have to worry about him being criticized by those like Charles Barkley who give him the best advice of get in the shape. I'll tell you, I had Charles on my podcast back in October of 2020, and he said Moses Malone had the biggest influence on his life. Because Moses said, you know, you want to be good, you better get your ass in shape. You need to lose weight. And you need to get in shape. So, I mean, that's what Zion Williamson needs to do. Well, you know, this is subjective. Do I think the game is better with the new rules? I do. The game moves along. The game was stale. The game was stagnant. So, I, I think so. I really do. Well, John, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Thanks very much for uh, being a big supporter. And I will be doing Listen App coming up with the Open Forum Wednesday. All right. Somebody asks, do I believe the national media has a Lakers bias? Seems like they talk about what moves they should make in the offseason all the time. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if bias is the right word, but yes. I, I don't think there's any question about that. You know, I have had Chris on my podcast before, and I will get him on again. I have. He's been on before, you know? Absolutely. Um, No. No, he's not, not only hyped because of the shoe incident at Duke. That's not right. He was hyped because we hadn't quite seen a player like him ever before in college basketball. 
And if it weren't for his injuries, you'd still be talking about Zion Williamson all the time. All the time. All right, so here's a great question. How do meals work for NBA players? Are they allowed to eat the outside food? Uh, well, I mean, you can get food poisoning from any type of food, right? Players eat what they want, when they want, even though they're instructed what to eat. There are chefs in every single practice facility that cook for the players. And obviously, it's there's a lot of input put into the food. But I watch players all the time get on the planes with their Chick-fil-A, with your In-N-Out burgers, with everything else. So you can say, well, you need to eat this and you need to eat that. Uh, the bottom line is they're going to eat whatever they want. And I have seen some players really eat themselves out of the league. Most, most players are concerned what they put into their bodies and understand that this is their livelihood. And there are other players that eat what they want because they feel like their metabolism and their practice and playing in the games basically burns all that off and it's not an issue. And so they continue to eat, for lack of a better term, junk food. Now, I know when we get on our charters, the food that is on the plane is, for the most part, healthy food. From the hors d'oeuvres to the snacks, not all the time, not all the time. But a lot of the times, I mean, when we go to Philadelphia, you know, they have Philly cheese sandwiches all over the place. So, you know, it's not all the time that the food is like perfect nutrition, healthy, everything else. But the players are going to eat what they want to eat. That's been my experience, you know. Well, I saw Oliver Miller eat himself right out of the league. So, I mean, he did eat himself right out of the league. And there have been others. You know, DeMarcus Cousins used to put weight on every single year. His conditioning at the end of the season compared to the beginning of the season was night and day. He didn't have a good diet. He didn't take care of himself. So, I mean, there have been others as well that I can talk about that have had horrible eating habits. Jason Williams had horrible eating habits. Horrible. I mean, he was always eating bad food. Always. All right. Uh, Chef Brian is amazing. It's very true. Absolutely. The, 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 the food there is phenomenal in the practice facility and the chef. He is great. I would agree with that. Any crazy Ron Artest stories? Um, you know, not, not crazy. Ron, to this day, I've always said, has a heart of gold. And he's just, you know what Ron is? He's a kid in an adult's body. That's what he is. Uh, I remember we were in New York and Ron, I ran into Ron and it was December and I was walking into the hotel and he was walking out and we chatted and uh, he goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm getting ready to go to the Giants game. He goes, football game? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, I want to go. I go, well, you're going to have a tough time getting a ticket. Let me see what I can do for you. Anyway, to make a long story short, Ron shows up and it's really, really cold. 
And he was talking about how cold it was. I'm like, well, you know, you, Ron, you live in New York. You're from New York. You know, it gets cold in December, right? He goes, yeah, but it's really cold here. I go, yeah, it's the Meadowlands. It's always windy out here. It's even colder. And um, that's what I remember him just bitching about how cold it was. And I'm like, Ron, I kept on saying, you're from New York, Ron. You grew up here. You grew up in the city. You grew up in Queens. You know it gets cold in New York in December. But great guy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. Uh, what is Kevin Martin's legacy? I don't know. What is his legacy? I guess he made one of the biggest shots in Kings playoff history to beat the Spurs. I guess that would be his le- legacy. You know, absolutely. You know, I I have reached out to Ron. Uh, I don't have his phone number. I reached out to him through direct message two weeks ago, and I have not heard back from him. And I really, I'm really hoping that I do. All right, this question about offensive line in the NFL after they retire, uh, the pounds they lose. Most of them do, you're right. You're, you're right. A lot of the football players, because they go on a completely different workout regimen, diet regimen, um, you know, their calorie-infused uh, diet changes everything. So it is amazing. It absolutely is amazing. No question. Uh, here's a question from Lance. Any teams or sports channels reaching out to you? No, and I do. I did not expect them to. Um, and qu- quite frankly, I haven't reached out uh, to any teams either. So we'll see what happens. I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now. Uh, I am waiting to see what happens with my lawsuit. And then uh, we will move on from there. I'm leaving all options open. Well, thank you, Lance. Appreciate your support. You never know what tomorrow may bring. I'm keeping all of my options Uh, open. Uh, You're not serious, are you? Rajon Rondo at this point in his career? No. No. Um, I don't even know if there are steroids in the NBA, so I I can't answer that. You know? I can't. Derek Williams. Thrilliams, as they called him. After the uh, trade in his back-to-back alley-oops the other day, He was so athletic, but the problem with him, there are times when you would watch him play and you would swear the guy is going to be an all-star. You know, he was the number two pick in the draft. And then he would just disappear. 
four games disappear. And then all of a sudden he'd have a game that would, you'd be like, wow. But, and he was the nicest guy in the world. Really liked Derek. Excellent guy. Excellent guy. But, you know, pro sports is about consistency. It's not about playing well once in a while. It's about, you got to be consistent. You got to be consistent. Like, for instance, Bennett's is consistent. All right. The food is always excellent. Prime seafood and steaks. Roseville, Sacramento, soon coming to Rockland. Their weekend brunch is phenomenal. They have the prime rib on the weekend. Uh, if I'm going and I want to, my steak, the, the favorite is the New York. They do an amazing job. If I'm doing seafood, I do the redfish with the uh, side of sautéed spinach. Bennett's is great. You know, they have over 50 different types of wine available by the glass. Go to Bennett's Restaurants.com to check out the menu and more. That's Bennett's Restaurants.com. All right, keep your questions coming. I really enjoy this. We'll be doing it again tomorrow, same time. Then on Wednesday, I will be doing Listen App with our Open Forum Wednesday. Professional broadcaster. Segways. I'm glad you caught that. Thank you very much. Pooh Jetter. Love Pooh. Great guy. Tremendous. All right. Um, is this official, Cody? Is that official, buddy? Yay or nay? Hit me up. I'll tell you, I've said this about Bobby Jackson for a while, and I believe he has the qualities to be a good coach. I really do. You know? Well, if it's true, then I'm very, very happy for him. I'm very happy for him. Uh, the Yankees and the Mets stink this year. So my my thoughts on big deal. And without Aaron Judge, the Yankees are flat. You know, Bobby is an awesome dude. Yes, it's official. All right. Well, good for good for Bobby. I'm happy for him. Good for him. You know what? Because he's going to an organization that now has a coach and Nick Nurse. He's, he's going to be there for a couple of years. So that's good. Good for Bobby. Good for Bobby. Uh, favorite Yankee manager? It's a great question. Uh, I used to love Ralph Houck back decades ago. Used to love Ralph. Uh, love Lou Pinella as manager. Billy Martin, Joe Torrey, I, I, I guess I don't really have, I guess I don't really have a favorite Yankee manager, but I mean, that's a great question, you know, uh, Bobby Jackson improving James Harden. I don't think so. Not unless he can improve him in the playoffs, you know, I, I'm happy for uh, Michael Malone too. You know, I put this on my social media account. I think last week, you can follow me at Grant Napier Show on Twitter to check it out. I did an interview with uh, Woody Page and his co-host. It's on YouTube. You can check it out. Matter of fact, I put it on my Twitter page two weeks ago. When Michael Malone was hired 
as the Nuggets coach, and Woody just ripped the hell out of it. I said, Woody, you know, we went back and forth, and I said, I'm just telling you right now, if you leave this guy as coach, you're going to have a hell of a team. And uh, it's interesting. I, I I really believed in my heart Michael would be one hell of a coach. Really did. All right? All right. Um, if you want to hit me up. Uh, well, Bob Lemon took over for Billy Martin in that 78 season when the Yankees were 13 and a half back. And the Yankees caught Boston in September, the four-game series that was referred to as the Boston Massacre, uh, the one-game playoff where they beat Boston, the famous Bucky Dent three-run shot over the monster. Uh, and Bob Lemon obviously did a phenomenal job. The other part of that summer, which a lot of people don't realize, if you remember the Yankees were called the Bronx Zoo in the book and Reggie Jackson and Billy Martin. When Bob Lemon took over, it coincided with the tabloids going on strike. And the Daily News and the New York Post were on strike for the rest of the summer. And so there were very few reporters digging up stuff in the locker room. And those will tell you it had a very calming influence on the, the, on, on the team. So uh, I love Don Zimmer. Zim was the third base coach and a bench coach as well. I love Zim. I interviewed him once in spring training in Arizona. And I, I love talking to Zim. It was great. It's a real thrill of mine. Um, yeah, there is a lot of gambling on the plane. There is. And, you know, athletes gamble cards all the time. Yeah, there is. Absolutely. Uh, I did watch the uh, PGA playoff. That 72-foot putt by the Canadian to win it. How amazing was that? You know? Uh, Miami getting eight tonight. If I was betting, um. I would take Denver, but I don't bet. So you're going to have to bet your own money. I'm not going to lose your money for you. You lose your money by yourself. I don't gamble. But if I, if I did, I would say I would take Denver. Uh, I never did meet Harry Carey. I was at Wrigley Field many times when Harry was there. And I passed him and saw him in the media room and everything. But... Never met Harry Carey, and I think I would have remembered it uh, if I did. But no, I never met Harry. New, new Skip Carey, his son, uh, his grandson, uh, Chip Carey. But no, never did meet Harry. Never did. He was unbelievable, though, wasn't he? I mean, you want to talk about an I iconic, legendary, unique figure. There was nobody like Harry Carey. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. And there will never be another Harry Carey. Just, they don't make him like that. I mean, you know, he was as unique and entertaining for a team that really was bad almost all of the years of him calling uh, Cubs baseball. You know, when I moved to Illinois between 84 and 87, that's when the Cubs, I actually did something that was amazing. I left covering the Tigers who got off to that incredible, what, 35-5 and five start. And I was at the uh, NBC Game of the Week, all right, when I believe they won their 35th game. And I remember, I think Dan Petrie was on the hill. And I remember talking to Alan Trammell and Lou Whitaker and interviewing 
Sparky Anderson after the game. And then a month later or so, I got a job in central Illinois and then went to Wrigley Field for the first time and started covering the Cubs and the Cardinals. And that was when Rick Sutcliffe was on the Cubs and Ryan Sandberg and Lee Smith was the reliever. And they had a, I mean, think about that. That's when the Cubs were good. And then I covered Whitey Ball with Whitey Herzog and the Cardinals. And, you know, you think about that team, Willie McGee, Vince Coleman, Ozzie Smith, Jack Clark. I mean, that was an incredible team. Andy Van Slyke. And I used to love going to Bush Stadium and Wrigley Field. Love it. Absolutely loved it. So, um, yeah, I was, I was in the right, the right place at the right time. Uh, I used to go to old Tiger Stadium all the time, as I was just talking about it. Love going to Tiger Stadium. I love sitting in the press box because you literally were right over the field. I love Tiger Stadium. Absolutely loved it. Loved it. Used to go there quite often because it was only from where I, when I was in college at Bowling Green, it was like, a, you know, 90 minutes or less. It was great. Absolutely love it. Uh, I don't think there's any question it's been Rick Adelman. I mean, eight years, playoffs, eight years in a row. So that that's an easy one for me. Uh, my favorite broadcaster, I love, I love both Mike Breen and Kevin Harlan. I know them both very well. I consider them both very good friends, uh, particularly Mike Breen. Uh, they're both completely different announcers. Give me either one. Uh, I'm a big fan of both. You know, if you said I absolutely have to choose one, I'd probably choose Breen just because I've known Mike for 25 years and we still text back and forth and he, he's just the best. But Kevin is in that same category. Absolutely love uh, Kevin Harglin uh, as well. Well, I appreciate you uh, right here. I'm glad that you love the stories and uh, thank you very much for your support. I appreciate that. Top underrated stadium in Major League Baseball. I can't answer that because I haven't been to all of them. So I can't can't say that. Worst stadium that I've ever been to would probably be the stadium in St. Pete, the home of the Rays. I announced arena football there. And I would say that's probably the worst stadium I've been to. Um, there are others. You know, when I used to do the NBA, the Clippers at the LA Sports Arena was just an absolute dump. That was by far the worst NBA arena, but in terms of baseball, again, the, the stadium in St. Pete's terrible. It's awful. I mean, it's, it's awful. It really is. Best baseball stadium, obviously, for me, was Yankee Stadium. The new Yankee Stadium, I don't like. Been to Fenway Park, been to Wrigley Field. Uh, but walking in the Yankee Stadium, the energy. I was at the last ever game at Yankee Stadium in the regular season. And I still, to this day, have my ticket. And I ripped off a piece of plastic on the seat in front of me uh, that I still have in a plastic bag. Uh, I was at that stadium. Well, I started going to Yankee Stadium in 1962 as a three-year-old to watch the Giants games. And then they remodeled Yankee Stadium. The Yankees actually played in Shea Stadium uh, for two years during the remodel. And then the refurbished new Yankee Stadium opened in uh, 76. 
Chris Chambliss christening that stadium with the home run that won the pennant. And then the Yankees got swept that year uh, by the Cincinnati Reds, the big red machine. But then the Yankees won in 77 and 78. But the 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 history of Yankee Stadium, 161st Street and River Avenue, amazing. The new Yankee Stadium, I don't, I don't really care for. I really don't. Do I have a most embarrassing radio or TV call? I, I'm sure I do. Um, nothing really sticks out in my mind, but you can't be in this business and not have some form of embarrassment somewhere along the line. Bob Rathbun, excellent. George Blaha, Calabro, Collins. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that, Cody. Um, I, I like all those guys. I mean, Kevin is, Kevin Calabro is excellent as well. No question about that. All right. My favorite king of all time, Vladi, is my favorite king of all time, but there are many on that list. Scott Pollard's on that list. Wayman Tisdale's on that list. Spud Webb is on that list. Danny Ainge is on that list. Reggie Theus is on that list. I have so many guys that I would put, like, like I would do anything in the world for. Michael Yogi Stewart, great guy. Great guy. I mean, phenomenal. Nope, Shea Stadium was torn down years ago. It's City Field now. Years ago. Shea Stadium hasn't been up in a long time. Got torn down a long time ago. Used to go there every Sunday, every other Sunday for the Jets games. Uh, we had season tickets to the Jets, too. I hated the Jets, but used to go there all the time. Um, did I see Michael Malone? Sometimes. You know, not not a lot, but yes, sometimes. Absolutely. Well, Jerry Reynolds, I would agree with you, is the best king. So there you have it. But if we're talking about players on the floor, I can't talk about Jerry. But I would agree with you. I would put Jerry as the best king. Yes, good one. I like that. Excellent job there, Kev. Good thinking. But in terms of players, I would put Vladi as my favorite. Again, there are so many. Because you got to remember, I go back to the 80s. Reggie Theus. Love Reggie. Love Reggie. And some of the players on those teams, incredible. Incredible. Yeah, I saw Broadway Joe. I watched Johnny Unitas play. I watched Jim Brown play at Yankee Stadium once. I watched all the, you know, Kenny Stabler, Daryl LaMonica, Blitnikoff, you know, all of those, you know. Well, I love watching Mitch play. You know, Mitch was a great player, you know. No problem. Any funny stories about Saint? Yes. 19, maybe 95, 96. I don't have the exact year. Shoot around. It's me, Don Drysdale of the Sacramento Union, and Marty McNeil, God rest his soul, of the Sacramento Bee. And maybe one other media member interviewing Saint after shoot arounds. And Marty goes, Saint, What's the deal with Mahmoud and Billy Owens and Billy Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf and Billy Owens. So he goes saying, what, what's the deal with Mahmoud and Billy not being here for shoot around? And Saint goes, uh, Billy's at the gynecologist and Mahmoud's got bruised ovaries and we just all lost it. 
Now, you got to remember, that's 1995-96 or 90. But, you know, it was right in there. I don't have the exact year. And could you imagine, think about this. Could you imagine if a coach said that right now? Think about that for a minute. Think about that. Um, I'm still not over it. Still not over it. And I think I speak for a lot of the players that played on that team. The other funny story with a coach or a manager was uh, Roger Craig, and he just passed. And I'm baby. Roger Craig. What a great man. And we were in the dugout in Scottsdale, spring training. And spring training had been reduced to a very short period of time because the lockout ended. And there were probably 20, 25 members of the media around Roger Craig interviewing him a couple of hours before a spring training game. And somebody said, Roger, with spring training being so short, uh, are you allowing the players to bring their wives and girlfriends down? And he paused for a couple of seconds and he said, yes, as long as they don't bring them at the same time. And again, everyone was howling, just laughing. Now, if a manager said that today, They'd be ridiculed. They'd have to come out and make an apology. It's like nobody has a sense of humor anymore. Like you can't joke like that anymore. I miss those days. I really do. No social media. So nobody's running to Twitter and going, oh, my God, I can't believe what Saints said or what Roger Craig said. It's like when I did the uh, CFL with Jack Youngblood. And he told me about how hot it was. And he goes, Grant, let me tell you something. I'm up here sweating like a fat girl. Can you imagine if that was said now? the announcer would be fired or he'd have to be completely, unless it was Charles Barkley, right? Making the comments about the women in San Antonio. I mean, be ridiculous, you know? Yeah. I mean, Brian Grant, Corliss Williamson. I mean, I can go on and on. There are so many, you know, so many, uh, any funny airport stories, man, funny. Um, yeah, we back when we flew commercial, uh, the guys used to try to mess up certain individuals going through security by putting things in their carry-on luggage. So, you know, again, that was a, a, a different era back then, right? You still went through security, but way pre-9-11 and... Things were not the way they are now. So you got to keep that in mind. Yes, I've been to Oracle Park. I think it's the nicest, nicest baseball stadium I've ever been to. You know, nicest I've ever been to. Absolutely. All right. Uh, did I hear Mark Davis take a jab at the Chargers for voting no? For the, uh, I think I did. I, I think all owners should have voted no. That's just my opinion. My favorite all-time Arco moment, uh, 1996, Game 3, Kings and Sonics. All right, don't forget, tomorrow we'll be doing this again right here. Wednesday, open form Wednesday on Listen App. I'm also going to be doing a Listen App show on Saturday. I got some travel issues that are going to make it difficult for me to do some shows. 
coming up here, but you'll know about what I'm doing. All right. Oh, my fat rant, my fat rant. Yes, that's still to this day. Seems like everyone's favorite rant that I've ever done. You can check it out on YouTube. Just Google uh, Grant Napier fat rant uh, if you missed it. I'm sure, I'm sure if I did that today, I'd offend somebody and I'd have to, I'd have a group of obese people coming at me demanding an apology. Nobody has any sense of humor anymore. Everybody's too damn sensitive, you know? I mean, well, you know, I don't mind watching the games either, but they're not very good games, Cody, right? I mean, how often, Cody, do we come on the next day and talk about how bad the game was the night before, right? So that that's the issue. I mean, I watch the games too, Cody. I'm right with you. So I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be a hypocrite here, but the games are not that good for the most part. And and I, Cody, I think I speak for you and everyone else. I'd watch an NFL game every night of the week, wouldn't you? Right? I mean, I'd watch an NFL game every single night of the week if it was on. So I'm with you. I get you. I understand completely. You and I are on the same page. But the quality of football is not that good. Yeah, the horse and buggy rant was a, a good one, too, on Highway 50. Not 80. It was on 50. And, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people like that, too. I don't feel bad for Al Michaels. He's making about, uh, I don't know, for doing the Thursday night package, he's making like $20 million a year. Do you feel bad for Al Michaels? I don't feel bad for Al. I would never feel bad for an announcer and announcing a live sporting event. Never, never have. People used to say, oh, man, I can't believe you. I feel so bad for you that the Kings lose all the time. I'm like, hey, you know, it's the NBA. I'd rather do a, you know, uh, an NBA team that goes 0 and 82 than a high school team that goes 82 and 0. I didn't realize how close to the truth that statement would have ended up being. But now you're announcing live sporting events. Don't ever feel sorry for any announcer. We have the greatest job in the world. So. You're feeling sorry for Al Michaels flying around on private jets announcing National Football League games? Come on. Stop it, would you please? All right. Uh, Don't forget, tomorrow we'll do this again, same time, right here at uh, 4 o'clock. Again, Wednesday, open form Wednesday over on Listen App. I enjoy this format. I appreciate all the feedback, all the great questions, and we'll do it again. Uh, tomorrow. We'll do it again tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much, everyone, for being here on If You Don't Like That. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. I'm getting ready for little NBA basketball like you, and we'll talk about it again tomorrow. NBA season. Will it end tonight? We'll find out in a couple of hours. Thanks, everyone.